0: For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of top fuel funny car pilot Paul Lee, and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family.
1: It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. I'm Steve Torrance, four-time NHRA top-field world champion. And when me and these Capco boys win races, we go straight WFO. It's time
0: for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro.
1: WFO Radio is back. What's up, everybody? Joe Costello back with you following the Lucas Oil Nationals up there in Brainerd, the zoo. I survived the zoo, baby. I survived it. And so did Alan Reinhart, who will be joining us moments from now. And that's right. Indy right around the corner. We're getting ready. Indy is coming. Game of Thrones is back and Indy is coming like winter is coming. You got that. I'm sure we're going to talk about the Lucas Oil Nationals, two nitro categories, funny car and top fuel. We're going to talk about FuelTech Pro Mod and we're going to look ahead. To the big go, the Dodge Power Brokers, U.S. Nationals. This week, we got a big show. We got a big, uh, what we're doing is we're doing our indie preview. Pretty much this week, we're getting everything going because next week is big travel. Tomorrow, 12 noon, tomorrow, Tricky Ricky Smith. Going to talk about all that D-Wagon controversy. Going to talk about taking that energy and turning it into a win. And then at 4 o'clock, We're going to hear from Leah. That's right. Leah going to be on the show. We're going to hear from Leah two a day tomorrow, 12 noon, and then four o'clock tomorrow. Subscribe. That's going to be a YouTube only, I believe. So go over to YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. WFO Radio TV on YouTube. You're going to hear from Leah. You're going to hear from Tricky Ricky. Both tomorrow, then Thursday. Maybe John Force. That's right. We're going to just keep ramping up and keep adding things as we preview the biggest drag race on the planet. And yes, you heard from Steve Torrance, Steve Torrance, Bob Tasca, Monday. We're going to catch up with those guys Monday next week and then Reinhardt on Tuesday. And then that's it. We're headed to the big go. I want everybody to get in on this. The biggest drag race in the world. We need every fan sharing our stuff, having a watch party, going out there, watching the race, wearing your gear. This week, like NHRA, should be like blowing it out there. Wear your gear, rock your hat, rock your fours hat, your caps hat, whatever you got, all week long. So people are like, "What's that?" You're know, like, "Well, the U.S. Nationals next weekend, Labor Day weekend, back to the old format: five qualifying sessions, one on Friday, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, race on Monday. Plus the Pep Boys All Star callouts, plus the Jegs All Stars. So much stuff. Dodge Hemi Challenge. We got. Constant Aviation Factory Showdown. We got everything. Everything that exists will be at the big go. And hopefully you'll be there, too. We'll be doing our WFO Patreon meetup there as well. Now, before we go any further, I want to thank the people who make it possible for me to go WFO. Like Bernie Speed Shop of Ocala, Florida. American Classic Horsepower. Bernie.com. And we're going to get Josh Hart on here maybe in the next couple of days. Talk a little bit about Bernie's, talk a little bit about RNL carriers, talk a little bit about his program and his team. He ran a career best this past weekend, then went up in smoke. But Bernie's.com, go like and follow their social media. That is a great first step. Phillips Connect, Justin Ashley, that car leaving with wheels in the air was on rails and then wasn't. It was tough out there. A lot of smoke. If you're in the transportation industry, smart trailer technology, phillips-connect.com. Go check out what they offer. And uh, they're doing a great job out there keeping people on time in the transportation industry, but also keeping people safe. Total Seal Piston Rings. Pro Stock is back in Indy. I miss them whenever they're gone. TotalSeal.com. We've got a new episode of Hidden Horsepower Up, guys. Dr. Ken Hope works for Chevron making base oil and the technological advancements in base oil and how it has made so many things that are happening in engine technology possible. They give some stories. He and Lake Speed give some stories about the old tandem draft. Remember that? And during the tandem draft days, people were like, what should we do? Should we go thinner with oil? Should we go thicker with oil? What should we do? And uh, I don't want to say they solved the problem, but you got to listen to hear what they did. TotalSeal.com and FTI Performance Transmissions and Torque Converters. FTIPerformance.com. Paul Lee will be back out at Indy. Going to be mega winning big money bracket races and dot 90 races, FTI performance, transmissions, and torque converters. Later on in the show, I'll tell you about Torque Calibration Services of Australia. I'll tell you about Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the inaugural winner out there in Brainerd in Funny Car 1982. Frank Lee Shepard, Shirley Muldowney. How great is that for a winning lineup? And now he's training the next generation of drivers, frankhawley.com, and of course, samtech.edu. But now let's go out to somewhere. In Brownsburg, Indiana. Can you can you guess where it is? That's
0: pretty much a giveaway, isn't it? It's I mean,
1: a giveaway now. You see the Dodge logos. We're at Tony Stewart racing, Alan Reinhardt, who made the call. Was that planned, Alan, or did you just like call an audible and say, I'm going to Indy a week early?
0: Well, I was planning to come here. Uh, I was gonna fly to Indy. I was going home yesterday. I was gonna fly here uh on Wednesday and then drive down to Bowling Green because I'm doing the divisional race of regional at Bowling Green this weekend. But, uh, you know, travel was pretty jacked up with all the bad weather has been going through Dallas. If you're an American flyer, which is what I am. So when I got to MSP yesterday, uh, the Dallas stuff was, I mean, I'd, I'd been getting notices for two days that there might be an issue. And so when I got there and the Dallas stuff was all jacked up and I got on the phone and, and basically was told we might be able to get to Dallas tonight. Probably no chance you're going to get a flight from Dallas to Tucson tonight. So tomorrow, there's maybe this and maybe that. And by now, it's Tuesday. It would have been Tuesday. And I said, look, if I don't get home on Tuesday, I can't get on my flight on Wednesday. I said, can you just take me to Indy? And so the lady, very, very, very helpful, very professional, very... And uh, looked at everything. There was no way to get to Indy yesterday. So she said, I can get you to Indy first thing Tuesday morning. So I just uh, grabbed a room at the... Intercontinental Hotel at MSP, the one that's attached to the airport, stayed there last night, got up this morning, flew here, and I got today to uh, goof off a little bit, and then tomorrow I'm going to head down to Bowling Green, and then I'll be right back up here for the for the U.S. Nats, the Dodge Power Brokers, U.S. Nats. Yeah, that's right. Power Brokers, these, these guys here.
1: And coincidentally, the last Dodge Power Brokers race, which was the Mile High Nationals, was won by Leah. And we didn't catch up with her after her win. And so we're going to do it tomorrow at 4 p.m. Hopefully, everybody will go subscribe to the YouTube channel, WFO Radio TV. You can get it from our website. You can get it from everywhere. I'll put the link up during the show. And we're going to speak with Leah about that because it's the next Dodge race. And I'm super excited because, um, number one, way to go Dodge, jumping on board to support the biggest drag race on the planet. But uh, I think Leah, she's one-for-one one in Dodge Power Broker races. Yeah, and that
0: car certainly has been making solid progress. They've been making good runs. They've been making more consistent runs. You know, obviously, they didn't have the result they wanted this past weekend. But early in the season, uh, that car, they were, they were going through a learning curve. And I think they'd tell you the same thing. They would make an occasional good run, but they didn't have a lot of consistency. And I'm certainly not saying that they're, you know, looking now to go out there and reel off six in a row. But they definitely are in a whole lot better position now than they were at the beginning of the season, and they're continuing to learn every week. So they'll certainly have extra incentive with all the Dodge people out there.
1: Everybody is weighing in on the chat section. What's up, everybody? Thank you for jumping on the chat section. It was a great race, right? All that tire smoke. It's not necessarily good for lane choice and good for record ETs, but I just think that when you get a tire-smoking race like that, especially that round two, People like it. They like it, and uh, the feedback we're getting. Jeff is cancer-free now. Way to go, Jeff! He's going to be racing again. Uh, everybody weighing in. It's a special place. I don't like getting to Brainerd, but once I'm there, I love it. It's it's uh, it's a fan fest. It's amazing, and it was. a What fun don't ride. you
0: like about getting to Brainerd?
1: The two-hour drive, which you don't have to do because you fly, and uh, eight.
0: it's eight minutes. I'm just saying from the airport to the racetrack.
1: Is it really eight minutes? Yeah, it might be twelve. All right, but still. Yeah, and I got very lucky, Alan. I think I told you, you know, Matt Hagan got diverted, and and a lot of people got diverted. That was the flight I think I was supposed to be on, right? I, I jumped a standby flight early, just made a move. Didn't want to sit in Charlotte for four hours. I said, Can I get on this flight? And uh, I did. And I bumped off this, uh, you know, person. Uh, I don't know who I bumped off, but somebody got bumped off because of me. And uh, I got in there early, and I made it, and I didn't I didn't miss Friday work, which I would have.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's been air, air travel has certainly been challenging, and if you're an American flyer, um, like you and I both are for the most part, when Dallas is underwater, it screws up everything, and Dallas has had biblical flooding the last few days, and I think they're finally starting to dry out now, but that's, you know, again, that's why when I got back to Minneapolis and couldn't get out of there, and, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, so fortunately for me, i was already doing something this weekend and i was able to get here without having to go through dallas without having to deal with that but, uh, you know it it is what it is you just uh, keep keep rolling
1: on keep rolling and for those that are wondering i called and checked in with marvin rodak of rodak's coffeeandgrills.com one of our longest running sponsors he did get water in the shop but he is okay no permanent damage any of that stuff still accepting orders for coffee 817 924 6821. So let's talk a little bit about top fuel. Let's jump into this. Brittany was the number one qualifier. We're back into the 60s, seeing those 360 runs, 364 with a six, a couple of thou off the track record. Um, it, it was an interesting day, though. Like round one, Slugfest, Antron back into the 60s for the first time in a long time. Round two, totally different deal, right? People started going up with smoke, pedal fest, trying to get it down through there. And the drivers who were able to do so uh, were the ones who advanced. In the end, Steve Torrance gets the win. Good battle over Brittany, Pedal Fest, Tony Schumacher over Justin Ashley. And in the final round, it was Steve Torrance, first time of 2022. We heard the Capco horn. And I might just have a video, I might just be playing in a little bit.
0: Wonderful yeah no the sun came out i mean that's simply what happened you know we we ran up there friday uh qualifying it was under you know kind of dreary dreary skies after it rained all morning saturday it was overcast and the cars were really just thumping out there and then sunday the sun came out and it's been a while since in brainerd we would had the kind of track temperature that we had there and basically the the track just wasn't holding what the guys thought it would hold you know it's everybody doesn't get stupid at the same time they all went out there and they looked and they took their readings and they did their checks, but we haven't run on a real hot racetrack in Brainerd in a while. And you have to realize that places like Topeka, uh, as a general rule, act 10 degrees cooler than it really is. So if, a race, if the track temperature is 130 degrees in Topeka, you can get away with more than you can on your average 130 degree racetrack. And apparently in Brainerd, the track acts a little hotter than it is. So when you go up there and you look at it, and it was 127 or 129, I think at the top, uh, it wouldn't take what a Topeka t- track would take at that same temperature, and it just took everybody, you know, a little bit of time to, to make that adjustment. You go up there for second round, and when basically everybody's smoking the tires, you would think you'd come back in the semis and everybody would have it figured out, but there was still some head scratching going on. And while it doesn't make for the world's greatest performance race, it certainly makes for a wildly entertaining race, because when they pull up in stage, everybody kind of holds their breath, right? Is this one going to make it, or is this one going to go up and smoke? And then who can do the better job after that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Entertaining those races. I remember being a kid in the grandstands watching and just so much happening. Right now I got it on in the background and uh, the Robert Height, J.R. Todd race, or J.R. had an old school funny car fire, which we never liked to see. But uh, there was just so much to talk about. We'll get to funny car in a second. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Brittany Force and her driving. You may recall a couple of years ago, the beginning of the 2018 season, uh, she had a horrific crash, stayed with it maybe a little too long on, on trying to pedal it after winning the championship. And in this race, she showed me two different sides of her. The one, I'm willing to be aggressive and get it down through there and win it in round two. And then the, hey, I'm not willing to be so crazy aggressive. When this thing's sideways, I know when to shut the throttle and give up and lose. And she did both very well. And I just think... Uh, we all kind of knew that but that was just a little more icing on the cake so to speak on the Brittany force as evolved as a driver's story
0: well I agree and I think you know when the, when the car's a little further down the racetrack when it's going straight that's one thing uh, but hers took the tire off basically as soon as she stepped on the throttle and it got fairly sideways it you know it got very close to putting the back tire over the center line I don't know if it officially did or not but at that point she's in the car obviously and can see that she's not catching Steve So she knows there's no upside to hitting the gas again here. I'm either going to get in further trouble or potentially, you know, hurt another race car or when I can't win the race anyway. So make the smart decision, save it, and come back another day, and that's what she did.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you're not going to win every race. She got to the semis, bowed out to Steve. Steve goes through Antron. Steve goes through Mike Salinas. So one of his rivals in the points and one of his just great rivals in in life. Other side of the ladder, the – Josh Hart takes out Scott Farley with his uh, a solid run. Tony Schumacher takes out Doug Coletta again. They've run multiple times this year, and Doug is just having terrible luck, just vaporized an engine terrible. But uh, in the second round, Tony Schumacher was not making the call. Like, that was dramatic, and they followed. We have the Lucas Oil helicopter flyer uh, flying over. Follow the whole deal, right? And Schumacher comes rolling up, the crowd erupts. Hopefully everybody could hear how emotional that was. No electronics on the car, I send it down through there. Josh goes up in smoke, and the story of Tony Schumacher, like for his fans, that had to be a very dramatic moment.
0: Well, no question. And you know, they're a championship team, and championship teams, when you're under duress, you know, you you pull through. Um the fact that you know NHRA gave him a couple more minutes, we weren't like lined up against a live TV thing, and Josh's team was fine with it. They'd rather race somebody and then not race somebody, uh, and they got away with it. So I think it's you know I think it's as simple as that. They they came up there with what they knew was a wounded car. Uh, Josh's car didn't go five feet; it just smoked the tires right at the step, and there was no way that uh, that he could recover from that. So that was just another part of the you know crazy entertaining day. I thought too on the Steve Torrance thing. you, know, you look at who he raced, okay. If you beat Mike Salinas, Antron Brown, Brittany Force, and Tony Schumacher on the same day, you deserve a trophy. I don't care how wacky and crazy it was. The other really crazy stat that I still can't get wrapped around is that Tony and Steve Torrance have raced each other five times this year. And Steve is 5-0. and And Steve, I mean, three years ago, if Steve was racing somebody and he's 5-0, and okay. But Steve has not been invincible Steve this year but he still seems to have kryptonite against Tony Schumacher, and that's pretty pretty surprising.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, uh, you know, one of those uh, statistical anomalies, right? And then Tony will uh, win the next five, kind of the way Antron was beating Steve into the ground the first 20 times they ran, and then that turned around. Uh, amazing. But, you know, Tony at the start of the season versus Tony now is a different story. He's climbed up into the points. It wasn't long ago he was sitting on the outside in that 12th position, but it is Tony and Steve in the final round. So that's what we all wanted to see, right? All these years where you think, man, you got Tony Schumacher and then the Capco team comes to the front and Tony doesn't have a ride. What a bummer, right? We don't get to see them on the same track at the same time, like when they're at their peak. And we got to see that in the final round, two of the greatest of all time square up. But Steve gets the win, his first win of the season, but it makes you think. You know, he's sitting third in the points. He's been countdown clinched for a couple of weeks. The word terrible was thrown out there in the semifinals in one of his interviews. Like, oh, we've had a terrible season. And then he kind of came back and said, well, you know, terrible is a strong word. It's not terrible, relatively speaking, right? It all depends. Terrible is based on what you're normally used to.
0: True. And, you know, they, they certainly haven't had a terrible season, but they're used to, you know, stacking trophies and they haven't been doing that. I think you look at Top Fuel the last five races, right? The first part of the year, if Brittany didn't win, Mike did. And if Mike didn't win, Brittany did. And that was just simply, you know, to set your watch by it, right? Whose turn is it this week? But you look at the last five races, Leah, first of the year. And I don't want to say from out of nowhere, but struggled in the beginning of the season. Brittany went ahead and took care of business out in Sonoma. Okay. Then we go to Seattle, and Tony went. And was that from out of nowhere? And then Anton went. From out of nowhere? And then Steve wins, and now we're going into Indy and I, you know, the field looks a whole lot more wide open, not necessarily because so many others have stepped their game up, but I really look, you know, Mike Salinas looks like he's maybe taking a step backwards with that team. And Brittany hasn't been quite as dominant as she was earlier in the year either. So uh, we'll see what the weather's going to be like. You know, once we get back here in a week, I got off the plane this morning, it was 72 degrees and I'm thinking, give us this for the U S nationals. And oh boy, will we have fun. But we'll just have to wait
1: and see. Brittany leads the points by 94 over Mike Salinas by 130 over Steve. Justin Ashley's 136 back. So they're kind of a little fighting for uh, for some points there when we make the transfer. And then a big uh, jump back to Josh Hart, 409 back. So you got four, like, genuine points players all year long. But that's not what the countdown is all about, right? Uh, Antron Brown sitting 10th. Uh, let me give the rest of the points. Josh Hart, 409 back. Sean Langdon, 445 back. Leah 445 back tied with Sean. Tony Schumacher 503 back. Doug Coletta 514 back. Antron Brown 538 back. Clay is 11th. Austin Prock is 12th. They'll both qualify for the countdown because they've showed up and made attempts at uh, all the races. And they are tied as well. That's the story we were talking about last week about how it might be interesting to go back to the top 10. Bottom line, they'll all qualify. But the transfer spots and how many points you reset can make a difference there's a lot of money on the line and 10 points can make a big difference at some point so they're all fighting they're all battling but guys like antron you told us last week the start of the season they were nowhere's land and now they've sorted out their issues and so new teams will come to the front with uh, as they master all the things they've been working on all year long and now is the time
0: it is and I think it I think it's interesting in Anton's case that it took so long because you know, okay, yes, Anton Brown Motorsports is a new entity. But Mark and Brian and Brad and all the guys that work on that car are they're not new and you know, they come in with the same parts, the same stuff, the same technology, they're still buying Schumacher parts and they're doing and I was very surprised that it took them so long to get everything together, as opposed to like Leah's team for example where basically the only person that was still on the team was Neil Strasbaugh and Leah. They brought in a new co-crew chief. They brought in a new crew. They did not have the whole information book that came with, the, you know, when they, when they bought the organization. So they basically were starting from scratch. And that simply just takes a little bit more time. I was surprised that it took uh, Antron's team as long as it did. But it does certainly look like now they're, well, they're a whole lot more of a threat right now than they were, you know, when we were in Gainesville earlier this year.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, in the end, though, the Capco horn was playing and they uh, Steve, in the, in the media center. And I know you spoke with him out there on the starting line. And I wonder, did he say some of the same things? Cause it's not always the case. Different atmosphere, no fans, media, etc. But he said, listen, we, we've we've won all six before. That's not impossible for us. This is a team that is a championship team. And now we are here and we are ready and it's go time. And these guys know what to do and how to win. And we've been winning a lot of rounds, just haven't been winning a lot of races, but we've got something to race with. So watch out. And I I got excited for the guy because, you know, every fan, right? Like you want to see the championship contender four in a row, go out there and fight. Even if he doesn't win it, he's going to have something to fight with.
0: He certainly looks like he's got a car back. And, and again, yeah. He's been top five in the points, okay? The fact that they haven't gotten a winner's circle, it's not like they're qualifying 16th and getting kicked in the teeth first round every week. They've been making solid runs. They've been going down the racetrack. They've been at gathering points and doing... They just haven't got the whole deal put together yet. They certainly know how to do that now that they've proven again to everybody who was doubting. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. First, you know, next week, obviously, be in Indy and all the history and all the prestige and everything that goes along with that and i don't think i don't think there's a single person that's focused on anything other than just the u.s nationals right now and then tuesday after indy it'll be like okay what do we got to do to win the championship because right now nobody really cares about anything other than the u.s nationals
1: yeah, and, and Steve said so much. This is the, the you know the granddaddy of them all. We always try to pull out some sort of hyperbole to talk about how big a deal it is, guys. Like, this is it. It's the Daytona 500. It's the Indy 500. It's the Super Bowl. It's the World Series. It's the biggest single event at the end of the year. Who won the championship and who won Indy? Those are the things. You can have a nightmare season. Oh, my gosh, it's the worst season ever. This is terrible. We're terrible. We're all terrible. We won Indy. Great year. We won it. Remember that? Yep. We won Indy. Everything. No good. Everything's good if you win Indy, no matter what happened before or after, uh, performance-wise. And they're all going to be loaded up. Do you think that team performs better when Billy is there? Um,
0: yes and no. I think you know you're gathering more information certainly when Billy is there. I think uh, uh, you know I I don't know that I can definitively say that because I've seen him win a lot of races when Billy was there. I've seen him win a lot of races when Billy wasn't there. Uh, I've seen Billy beat them <laughs> in some of those races, so I think I think that you know the the family dynamic is better maybe, um, but I don't know that I would say the team is better when Billy's there. Uh, I just I, you know it just it seems kind of like the the whole band is together instead of just half of it. But when you're playing with only half a band, they still a pretty damn good band.
1: And Billy said, I talked to him. I was like, so you know what's going on? And he says, well we we've got we've got crew now. And he had said, like, why was Billy not around? That some of the guys from his team, some of the guys from Steve's team had to move on. And so they had to take some guys from Billy's team and move them over to Steve's team. And some guys didn't want to be on the road. And it's a very tough life. And they just didn't have the personnel. That's something that everybody out there is probably very familiar with right now. Mm -hmm. Like Alan with the flights and the pilots and everybody's hiring because there's just not enough people to do the work. And uh, that was that was hitting Billy, but Billy said that they've got uh, the guys now. They got them trained up, so we'll see what they do. And uh, I guess he intends to run the U.S. Nationals, which is very exciting. A uh, couple others, Austin Prock, lost first round, but they had their best qualifying effort of the season. He said, "Like that, that's a team that maybe when the weather gets cooler can jump up and become a part of the mix."
0: I, you know, they look like. <laughs> they need to have a, a exorcism over there or something. I mean, they just bad luck and can't, you know, they just can't seem to string them together right now. There, there's certainly enough brains in that trailer and they've got everything they need resource wise. They just can't seem to put it together and get like, I, say, I don't know, if, you know, you need some, you know, hair of toad and eye of newt and, you know, a little pinch of gunpowder and whatever else you need to put in some of those witches brew, but they've, they're, jinxed right now or possessed or whatever you want to call it. And the only way to get through that is to just keep working to it.
1: Absolutely. Like this guy says, Indy makes you a star, uh, like Terry McMillan, a perfect example, right? Drag racer, journeyman, battling it out, trying to be one Indy U S nationals winner. You get a new first name when you win Indy. Don't worry guys. We're going to talk field tech pro mod. We're going to talk about Doug Gordon. We're going to talk about all this craziness that happened, but I want to knock out the, uh, Top Fuel and Funny Car first. Any other Top Fuel notes, Alan, that you want to mention? I kind of just want to let Doug Coletta and that team slide after that very expensive, crazy explosion. And, um, you know, I felt like they were moving in the right direction. Langdon's car seemed to be moving in the right direction. And a setback first round for Doug.
0: Well, I think if we're going to keep the first time this year winner string going, it's got to be one of those two cars. And again, going back, you know, the last five races, we've had four drivers that have won for the first time this year. And if that string is going to continue, it almost has to be one of those belated cars.
1: There you go. Makes uh, Makes perfect sense. All right. Funny car. Bob Tasca. BT3 takes out the king of the zoo. Ron Caps in the final round. And... Wow. Bob Tasca, his 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 media center interviews are as big time as anything. I hope everybody can go see them on NHRA's media side or see him because he controls the media. He gives very great explanations. He talks about the corporate side, the sponsor side, the driver side. He gives so many great details of how significant it is to run as well as they are. And I think this weekend was their best display so far of their ability to... Go down the track at a very high level in all conditions against all comers. Beating Caps, beating Robert. Um, watch out. This could be task is year, and he's highly motivated because he wants to deliver for Ford.
0: They certainly look like they did the best job of adapting when the, when the track conditions changed. And, you know, Saturday night in final qualifying, when they went up there and took over the number one spot, albeit momentarily, but they showed that they could run in all the conditions. And then when they came back on Sunday the track change, they were the quickest to adapt. And you look at what they're doing right now. You know, Bob mentioned earlier in the year, they had been doing a lot of Sunday testing, especially when they could find a hot racetrack. They wanted to go run on a hot racetrack and get ready for the summer month. And the fact that they could make a lot of really good runs on Monday, and it just took them a little bit of time to transfer those really good runs to Sunday. But, you know, Bob is, we've talked about it before, very confident, very motivated. Very, you know, goal oriented. Very, and he instills that in all of his guys. You know, we are here to win. Period. We are here to kick tail, and I don't care if we take names or not. We are here to win. And they've got a car now that that'll do that. Three of the last four races, and what's five of the last six finals. Uh, and I think you know he's never been in a better chance. He's never been in a better position going into Indy or going into the countdown to the championship than he is right now.
1: Yeah. Hagen was the number one qualifier, snatched the number one in that final run, blew it up. Very expensive, but very spectacular. Nonetheless, Bob had just got down there. I was doing the Fox Sports one show at that time and he jumped out of the car and he was showing emotion. And he did a great job, right? He shows emotion, man. We just threw one down. Wow. That's it. he's feeling like he's going to be number one. It's like, oh, third. Okay. <laughs> but he just took it and went to work and won the race. Um, but a, a lot of energy there. Uh, Hagen comes out on the short end of a run against Alexis. Alexis, red lights to run caps. That one was um, a bummer Alexis has had, going back to Topeka, a couple of red lights. Red lighting has been a problem for Alexis. She's got to sort that out because that car looks like it's capable of winning. What
0: Alexis desperately needs is to find a way to get in the winter circle because I think she's a little rattled now. Her confidence may be a little bit rattled now. And the only way to fix that is to end up, you know, having a long day and and taking care of it. They've got a great car. You look at their average ETs on race day, you look at what they've done, they are as good or better than anybody out there. Uh, They just need to get the deal closed. And I think that, you know, once they do, uh, Alexis will get her head, you know, back on square. Because she's had, you know, you you get beat on a whole shot, even if you're not necessarily late. You get beat on a whole shot, you start thinking about it. So now you're going up there and you're going, don't be late, don't be late, don't be late. You get a long tree and your foot takes off before it's supposed to, and and you get a red light. And then you go up there and go, oh, don't red light, don't red light. And you get on the other side of it, and trying to find the happy zone is just a very difficult thing to work through. Anybody that's ever played high-level sport understands, you know, you overthrow. You overthrow a couple of passes, and then you compensate by underthrowing a couple of passes. And you've got to throw a couple of touchdowns before you go, okay, I'm back where I need to be. Yeah. They're going to get there. I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind that they're going to get there. They're just not quite there yet.
1: Right. So, It's uh, well, It uh, wasn't that long ago, Bristol, last year that she got a win. Uh, but I want to see her get off the schneid um, and and get back going again because it's better when she's out there. Bobby Bodie with a big win. Uh, Cruz Pedregon, obviously, probably not too happy about that. Uh, but Bobby Bodie didn't really have a good qualifying effort. They've been working on some new parts and pieces, sorting some things out. But it goes 393-1 and gets around Cruz. Comes up short against Caps, uh, had that problem. They couldn't make the turnaround, which is uh, a bit of an issue. Tim Wilkerson and Chad Green, there's an interesting points thing going on there. Like Chad Green, if he's not in the top 10, he doesn't run for the championship, the countdown. He's going to run all the remaining races, he says. Uh, Jim Campbell, on the other hand, he will, regardless of where he is in points, because they show up to make the attempts. Blake Alexander still behind Jim Campbell. Chad Green on the inside. Chad had to run Wilkerson. Wilkerson will also be in. Just raise my eyebrow a little bit. What do you think there when Wilk goes up in smoke to Chad Green?
0: I think if he had been the only car that went up in smoke, you would go, you know, but I don't see Tim doing that. I just don't. I've talked to him a number of times when he's been in a position on one side or the other where he could either be the one helped or be the one and I know for a fact that he's had guys that have come over and said, hey, Tim, you know, say the word and I'll give this one to you. And he doesn't race that way. His deal is, if I can't beat you, I don't deserve it. And I think they missed it. I think if you were watching, when he backed up from the burnout, they had the body up an exceptionally long time. Something wasn't quite right. And as they put the body down and when Richard Hartman rolled him into the beam, Richard kind of walked away going, Something on the car wasn't right. It, I, you won't convince me that Tim was giving that round up. I think that they went up there uh, trying to make a clean run and that something with the car. I, I, I couldn't tell you what it was, but you'll never convince me that Tim went up there with it in his mind. That I'm going to smoke the tires and give this away.
1: Well, there you go. Well, and regardless, they're going to be in and Chad Green, uh, if, if he can get around. He can hold on to the spot now that he's around Jim Campbell. He'll be in, and the same will be true for Blake Alexander, given the rules and the circumstance. But when it was all said and done, you've got uh, Robert Height taking down J.R. Todd. That fire we talked about earlier. Robert Height and Bob Taska squaring up, and to me, that's that's uh, heavy hitters right there. Statement for down the road. That run right there. Uh, Jimmy and Chris versus Neff and John Schaefer. There's drivers involved too, um, but. Neff's car went down the track, and they won yep. the race.
0: Yeah, and like I said, they did a lot of testing earlier in the year trying to get there. And you know, Roberts' car blew up also in that JR matchup. You know, they, his car was on fire down in the diaper. It certainly wasn't as dramatic as JR's, but they uh, they had plenty of broken pieces when they got that thing back into the trailer. But I think you know, I think Caps has proven that he is a player. I think Bob Task has absolutely proven that he's a player. I think this car behind me. It's proven early in the season that they were a player, even though they went through a slump when they were out west. And I think Robert's a player. And I don't know right now that anybody else has shown me that they are a championship player. The you know the, the DHL car has had some really good days, but not really consistent, you know, three or four races in a row. Um, John Forrest's car right now is about as hit and miss as I think I've ever seen it, right? I mean, he comes out one week and qualifies third and goes to the final, comes out the next week and qualifies 12th or 13th and you know last last week he qualified 13th and got away with it in round number one or 12th and this week he did qualified in the same place didn't get away with it uh, those guys need to figure out something a little bit more consistent in qualifying so that they've got some kind of a combination to take into a race day
1: absolutely absolutely let's look at the point standings Final round, of course, Tasca goes down and Caps just uh didn't have the muscle on that one. They they threw it down. But Robert 250 point lead over Hagen. Hagen 250 behind, caps 306 behind. So technically, like all of these spots are with the points and a half. If Hagen were to have a bad indie and caps were to have a, you know, go on and, and go some rounds, he could overtake Matt Hagen for second, but no one's overtaking Robert. He's pretty much clinched the uh the first seed. But then it's Hagen, Caps, Pasca, Force, all together, and they could swap those positions. Jr. Todd six twenty two back of Robert Height. That's a lot. Uh, Alexis six thirty six. Cruz Pedregon six fifty nine. Wilkinson seven sixty six. So there's seating changes available, which we talked about earlier, can make the difference. A difference.
0: Yeah, it's possible. I mean, you know, and with points and a half, you've got a, you've got more of an opportunity, but you know. Go out there, just get your car in the field, win the first round, and you're going to be, you're going to feel like you're in a pretty good position. Uh, and, again, I think more, more people are concerned about, can I win Indy than can I move from, you know, seventh to sixth in the points? I don't think that. Yeah. Would you like to have a couple extra points? Sure. Is that going to be your main motivation going into the U.S. Nationals? Not for any racer I ever met.
1: Right, and the storylines of the Indies past. You know, Caps trying to win his first, all those different storylines. Forrest trying to win his sixth, all these different storylines. We're going to delve into them over the next couple of days. We got Ricky Smith tomorrow at noon. We got Leah at 4 p.m. tomorrow. Perhaps that'll be YouTube only, so go go subscribe, uh, WFO Radio TV On YouTube, Uh, Nikki out there, Nicole Clark says, I just worry the excitement for the U.S. Nats isn't what it used to be. Alan, I'd like you to comment, but I'm going to do it first, though. I wonder when someone says that, is that because they are less excited than they used to be? Because I can tell you the people that bought tickets and the people that are going and they're they're pretty excited. There's a lot more competition out there in the world. I was watching a video today about these guys in, you know, flight suits and they're flying and all around. There's different entertainment out there than now. But I think if the excitement for the U S nationals among drag racing community, isn't as what it was to be. I I don't know. I, 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 don't see that everyone seems pretty fired up to me.
0: Well, I think, uh, I think it definitely lost a little bit of luster, um, coming out of COVID. When NHRA, in order to go back to work, Went and ran four races in a row at the U.S. at at Lucas Oil Raceway or Lucas Oil Indianapolis. Lucas, what do they call now? Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park. When, and one of them was the U.S. National. Okay, I think, yeah, that takes a little sign off because instead of you got one chance to win Indy, you got four chances to win Indy. But it was a matter of we have to do this in order to get back in business. We have to get back to work. We have this is an option. We're doing it, and then having the you know the shortened and the fewer qualifying sessions and the you know yes i think that it maybe wasn't quite as shiny as it was in years past but i think coming back now when purely by accident we're going to have the funny car with the top fuel shootout completed there so that's competition on saturday we're going to have the pet boy call out for funny cars completed that's competition nitro competition not just qualifying on sunday We've got five qualifying sessions. We're going to be racing on Monday instead of Sunday. We've got class eliminations back. We've got the hemi Talents back. We've got, I think that this is a very good Indy to, to get excited about because it's Indy again. Coming out of COVID, again, we're trying to get back to work. We're trying to do what we can. We can't have big crowds. We can't, okay, that was still the US national, but it wasn't really, you know what I mean? Sure. And then the last couple of years, it's been a little bit more of a condensed version but I think this year, this is, once again, the full tilt experience. We got everything going on, and I believe, I think there's a lot to be excited about. I know I'm excited about it. I'm, it's the it's classic, you know, every time we have one of these post-race meetings where it's like, okay, now, we're going to have the cackle fest going on over here, and then we're going to have the autograph session over there, and then we're going to have the thing over here, and then we're going to have it. It's like, excuse me, are, will there be time to race cars? It's like, yeah, we'll try to fit that in. But, you know, then we're going to have the press announcement over here, then we're going to have, and it's like, guys, and I think we're back to that this year. So I really feel like, you know, after the last couple of years of it not necessarily being the indie that we all know and love for 50 years or 80 years or whatever it does, I think it's back this
1: year. And she she qualifies. She goes, maybe it's excitement in Indianapolis. No downtown displays, fan votes for the shootout, which I didn't really like. Uh, Test sessions in Indy for people to come out and watch. See, I don't think there should be test sessions in Indy for people to come out and watch. I think if you want to come out and watch Nitro Cars, you should come out to the U.S. Nationals, not some test session. Uh, There was a test session in in Brainerd uh, yesterday, which I don't know if you got to see any of it, but I know a lot of people were testing there. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I do like downtown activation. I think that's
0: why there's no top fuel car over here.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, downtown activation, I, I, I get it. Yeah, that's just everybody just parks their stuff over there. It becomes a parking lot. But uh, Oh,
0: yeah. When, when your race out of town, nobody leaves their car in the parking lot. You just put it inside. Why have a shop I mean, if you're not going to use it?
1: Right, exactly. Why have a shop if you're not going to use it? But I think the excitement is what we make it. And. It's in our hands. Do we care about this thing? Do we want to showcase the sport to our friends? Like, I'll be there, obviously, and so will you. But everybody, like, ant dog down there. He goes, I plan my entire weekend around watching Indy on TV. That's it. So he's going to have some friends over. They're going to eat. They're going to talk drag racing. They're going to do the boxes game. He's going to get some friends who doesn't, who don't necessarily know NHRA drag racing to know the names and, and hear the things and, and root for someone at the U.S. Nationals like, people do at the Indy 500. That's what it's about. This guy wants to know about your thoughts on Cruz changing cars because his recent car issues. What do you know about that, Reinhardt?
0: I'm good with it. I mean, if you, you know, you've tried this, you've tried this, bring out another car. And especially if you've got enough runs on your car now that you think maybe it should go back to the shop and it should get a front half and it should get in a time to bring out new pipe. Um, Who else brought a new car out? John brought a new car out. John Force had a new car out this past weekend. Um, you know that's just everything on a nitro car is a wear item and that includes the chassis so if you're you know going through and you've made x number of runs and you decide okay maybe we're five away or maybe we're 10 away from when it needs to be front half it needs to go back to shop and basically get freshened up bring the new one out so you've got a race or two under your belt before you get into the countdown to the championship because i don't think that's necessarily a great time to roll a new one out of the trailer Unless you've got an opportunity to go make some test runs. I would not want to go to Maple Grove, pull a brand new car out of the trailer, and go, I hope this works when we're just starting into the countdown to the championship. Because you can't afford to get off on a bad foot.
1: There you go. And she says, maybe it's because I'm here in town and NASCAR and IndyCar do so much activation to promote races in town. Talking banners that take up the entire side of a building in downtown. And if that's the case, yes, well, and we should do more and do as much as is possible. You're, You're right about that. You can't do enough activation i went to that trackside store out in front of uh Brainerd and that little vp racing fuels station and walked in there and it was like drag racing heaven you got leah you got britney you got cardboard cutouts everywhere you got uh permanent you know photos of stalkers doing wheel stands inside above the refrigerators it was like the best drag racing themed convenience store i'd ever been to i tweeted out some photos on my wfojo twitter account but it all depends. We can, we can, you can never have enough activation. And that's something we should always try to do more of. All right. Speaking of activation, let's talk pro mod. I want to start with the D Wagon shootout and the controversy. We're going to have Tricky Ricky on tomorrow. And, this is one that I see both sides. I see all sides. I get it. And it it got very controversial and there was a lot of social media hype. I'm not going to read everybody's comments, guys. You can go find Lyle and JR and everybody, what everybody said about Ricky and what Ricky said about NHRA on Comp Plus, which I disagree with. And I'm going to push back on him tomorrow. Like, hey, what did we have to do with that? But um, everybody was talking about it. I just wish he had participated.
0: Well, and, you know, I do too, and I think everybody else does. Uh, You know, Ricky, and I've known Ricky a long time. You know, he actually brought up when we were on the stage out in the middle of the racetrack doing the post-race winner interview, and, you know, he said, Reinhardt, you were my crew chief for so long back there in Pro Stock. I mean, that was 23 years ago or something when, you know, he and I would go testing, and it was just the two of us. He obviously was driving the car, but, uh, you know, I know the guy very well, and he can be a little hard-headed sometimes. And I think in this case he felt like he was being wronged, and he felt like well, this is where I'm going to take my stand. Um, you know, the fact that he called out NHRA over it when it wasn't NHRA's doing in any way, shape, or form was wrong. But okay, you know the guy's the guy's upset, and the guy wants wants to let everybody know where he stands. And if that's how he feels, I give him credit for standing by his principles because there is money on the table. But I also think, as I understand it. They had a plan in place for this is the way we're going to match them all up. And then the sponsor came in and said, I'm willing to put up another $10,000 plus a D-Wagon that's worth about seven or 7500 if you guys will spice it up a little bit and do something different. Well, there were 12 people that were in the field. 11 of them voted, yes, let's do this. We want to race for more money. We want to race for more prizes. Ricky did not vote and then did not race. And if he feels that strongly about his conviction, that's fine. If he's, you know, I, I understand his position and I'm not going to tell him he's wrong doing that, but I really think for a guy that races for a living and the number of times that he has made reference to the fact that, you know, I do this to eat, these guys all do this for fun, passing up a chance at more money. Doesn't seem like a good business decision to me. whatever your personal feelings are.
1: Yeah. I don't think I can say it better than that. Um, and watching it all happen around us, right? Like there were a lot of we had it, we had a ladder. There was a ladder, and then the guy from D-Wagon offered up some more money, and, and some people were like, well, he suggested, hey, we should do something, and and guys were like, nah, you know, and they're like, well, we'll offer more money, and then guys are like, oh, okay, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, definitely, let's uh, let's do it. 11 out of 12 guys are in a lifeboat. They all want to row in one direction, and the other guy in the lifeboat says, no, I want to run in the other direction, and so he jumps out of the lifeboat. Like, we're always talking about how this uh, these categories need all the help they can get to get attention, to get money. But then again, I talked to some people and I'll talk to Ricky about it tomorrow. He is Ricky Smith and he can afford to do that. And he just, he did, elected to not. And then the craziest part, Chris Thorne goes on, beat Stevie fast in the final. Very exciting. Takes the money, Chris Thorne, but Chris Thorne loses first round in the real race. And it was as if Ricky Smith took that energy and put it into like his iron man supercharger and channeled the energy And won the race and closed up an almost insurmountable points lead to just 25 points. And now, all of a sudden, the championship is absolutely in play for Ricky Smith. And so whatever he did, it worked for him because he won the race.
0: Well, I I give Ricky 100% credit for standing by his convictions. He felt that way, and he wasn't going to just, you know, okay, I'll go on. And and he said, I don't think this is right, and I'm not participating. I give him 100% credit for that. And you know, then he came back Sunday and, and tore it up. So you know, good on him. Uh, looking forward to what happens this weekend because I don't think uh, I don't think that the hatchet has been completely buried over there. I think that there are a lot of guys that still uh, have some pretty sore feelings against what Ricky did and what he said, and that they're going to be out to get him. They couldn't stop him last week, and I think that's going to make him even more mo- motivated this week. So good for us. We get to watch.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. And those Promod guys, they are, I spent a little time with them as a group, and they are, um, they they love the trash talk. They are everything that everybody has been saying that they want. You're about to get it. Hopefully, you really wanted it, because you're about to get it. You guys said for so many years you wanted this. Here it comes. Get ready. And don't tell us, oh, we don't like it, after you get it, because that would be a point. But you know what? Reinhardt came up with something, and I think uh, I want to give him credit here. Okay, so... Everybody has been fighting for a long time to go beyond the ladder or to switch it up, right? Oh, get you to know, the ladder. Oh, it's so boring. Oh, you just know who's going to race, and that's it. And we need to do this chip draw, right? So they drew chip. And the Pep Boys all start call out. Look, NHRA has been trying to do stuff since Gainesville to mix it up, right? Well, you know, now it's to the point where chip draw is kind of boring, too. How many times have we seen the chip draw, right? A bunch of times. It's kind of old, old hat now. You had a cool plan.
0: I just think if you really wanted to you know, bring up your eight, whatever class it is, I don't care. I don't care if it's Pro Stock Motorcycle, if it's Pro Mod if it's Top Fuel. Bring your top eight, put them in the stage lanes. Everybody's suited in the car. Everybody's ready to go. And then spin a Wheel of Fortune or something and go, okay, you, left lane, you, right, start them and go. <laughs> not, you know, here's 10 minutes, not just, you know, go. And... It would, it would obviously have to be some type of a, you know, a shootout or a bonus race, but I like the fact that they're doing things that are a little different, you know, for all those years with the bud shootout or, you know, the Scold or the, you know, the, every one of those, it was always structured the same way and it was always laddered and it was always, and I really do kind of like the fact that, you know, it's a little bit more wide open. I just wish that the guys that, the, you know, it's like, you know, okay joe uh i'm number one qualifier i'm calling out joe costello respond okay (laughs) hey let's shake
1: hands let's smile let's take a picture right right exactly yeah okay now now you call out me hey ryan hart i think you're weak and i'm calling you out
0: bad choice
1: yeah exactly and that's
0: the end of my press conference and i'm leaving i'm not going to stay and smile i'm not going to take a picture and let everybody go, oh, what? and I mean, if you want to do something whether it, do something with
1: it. Right. Well, we'll see with this Pep Boys All-Star call-out coming out. Robert Height uh, is going to have the opportunity to call out somebody, and, and we'll move on down. The top fuel racers, they, it was kind of, you know, it was rainy in Gainesville. It was a very depressed situation, and so I don't know. I think that was kind of part of it, but I'm very interested to see what, the funny car racers do with their opportunity to call somebody out. And what you just said, it's not the guy doing the calling out. It's the guy getting called out who should feel offended. Like, Oh, you want some of this? Do you? Okay. If if I'm Robert, I, I'm calling Tasca. Yeah. Like
0: I've had enough of you. Yeah. Drag your junk up here and let's go.
1: And also that could really break Tasca's team's confidence. Like they're feeling all great about it. If they were to get called out and then get beaten and humiliated like that through that like extra thing that that could that could reverberate for uh, another race another round somewhere through later on in the year
0: and if you're robert you got to understand that i'm calling out the guy that's been kicking my tail lately right i'm you know i'm not calling out you know reinhardt and and costello i'm calling out the guy (sighs) but you know i that's the way i'd go
1: I like it. I like it. All right. Some other things happened this weekend. Doug Gordon, the nightmare of the weekend, right? Doug is a good friend of yours. Uh, I'm friendly with Doug and the family as well. Did a little texting with him. He's okay. The car's totally destroyed junk. Johnny Lindbergh deserves an boy for making a chassis that took a wicked hit. Um, you know, just you never want to see that moment. That was as bad as a crash as I've seen in a long time.
0: Yeah, in an outfall funny car, that's about as bad as it gets, you know, full speed in the lights to make a turn and go into the wall like that. And I also, you know, kudos to Johnny Lindbergh. I'm going to look him up while I'm here uh, today and, uh, you know, go over (laughs) and thank him personally for getting that up. And I, you know, I spoke to Doug, he's got a brand new car at the house. They're going to get the thing together. They're going to be back, not going to be back by Indy, but they are going to be back out. They still want to lock up their championship this year, and they're still certainly in a position to do that if they can figure out a way to slow down But we talk about it all the time. You know, we ain't playing with yarn balls out here. We are driving incredibly powerful machines at amazingly high speeds, and when things go wrong, they sometimes go wrong really fast. But everything did its job. Um, you know, when I spoke to Doug, he said he, he really only had some bruising on his legs from bouncing around inside. But he said, you know, the cage, the padding, the NHRA now mandated all the head padding that's around. You know, on the nitro cars and the funny cars as well. Didn't have a headache. Didn't have a concussion. Didn't end in and i would be willing to wager when they put the new car together they're going to go down there and look now around the transmission and around the bell housing and say what can we do uh, a number of the top fuel cars uh, you know leah's tony's have got the, the legs almost sit in you know little padded slots for exactly the same reason so if you have something in there you're not just sitting there kicking tubing but you've got a little bit more support and a little bit more padding so i'm just i'm glad he's okay uh, that's the a number one most important thing i've said it a hundred times the most important job a race car has has nothing to do with winning races, has nothing to do with setting records, has nothing to do with anything other than protect your driver when something goes wrong. And that went about as long as you can get, and the car protected the driver. And so I'm good with all the rest of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in Formula One cars, there's something between their legs, right? They've got like a padded thing to keep each leg in its own like little uh, sock, if you want to use an analogy like that keep them safe. And and that's like a crash like Doug went through. We'll learn from it. They will learn some things and cars will change to make it even better. Uh, that was wicked. Let's talk about some other winners. Shane, Shane Westerfield. Wow. These guys are on rails. They're dominant. Wow. Uh, is all I can say about what that uh, Rick Jackson motorsports machine he's had. He's had an unbelievable year. Uh, probably going to turn into a championship year. Sean Cowie had a great race too. Uh, don't,
0: not, not yet. I mean, they're having a good year, but not yet.
1: Don't uh, don't be yeah. giving
0: them don't be giving him the trophy just yet.
1: What did he say though? Like, is seven wins, a finals, something like that?
0: Something like that. Yeah, that's now, remember. D- remember, Doug won five races in a row earlier in the year too. So yes. uh, there's still some racing yet to do. I there's- and Bob McCock, right. I mean, when Bob McCock. I have no idea what happened in the final. Uh, ask him, and he didn't know at the time either that you know when he dropped the clutch, it just didn't go anywhere, and. Uh, Shane was yep. going to be tough to beat anyway, but Bob McCosh, one of these days, is going to bust through and win one of these things.
1: Well, and he's got Jimmy Rector now. And so that's, uh, he's adding to the talent. Like it's exactly how it's supposed to be, right? Like Bob McCosh is just getting deeper and deeper into this deal, and he is going to get a race win. Sean Cowley won top alcohol dragster. Brett Spear won comp eliminator over Bruno. Someone said earlier, like, hey, when's Bruno going to win a race? What happened? That's back to back final rounds where Bruno was the favorite and uh, did not convert
0: pretzinger's got him a really fast car and he's driving at a pretty high confidence level he went into the, you know he went to sunday still in in stock eliminator as well uh, i bumped into him just dumb luck i bumped into him at a restaurant sunday night we ch- chatted a little bit but uh he's you know enjoying comp he's got himself a really fast car he's going to take a little bit of a permanent bump for that 63 under he ran in the final but uh you know he's doing a good job he's driving the car well he's uh, good for him i'm you know we comp definitely needs to have some more players out there Sean Cowie, I thought, was the biggest surprise. though. So he, it qualified 11. He has never won a race qualified that low before, ever. And then on Sunday, the thing just came to life. I mean, he ran low ET and top speed of the event in the final, and that wasn't by far the best conditions they ran in all weekend. Right. But they had, you know, tore up a lot of stuff when they were out in Seattle and came or or Topeka, came here, uh, tore up a couple engines in qualifying as well, and then apparently finally figured out exactly what the issue was because, man, was that thing fast on Sunday.
1: Absolutely, it was. They were very happy in the winter circle. Uh, Mike Manns won Superstock. Didn't get to speak with Mike. I guess he wasn't feeling well before we came up on the stage, kind of drove it back to the pits, but that incredible Firebird. Tracy Fairchild, first-time winner, won in an AMX and Stock Eliminator. Tony Leonard, Supercomp. Trevor Larson, Super Gas, keeping the Larson family streak going on. Uh, Brian Anthony and top sportsman. Dylan Howe, two categories now. The young man isn't even 20 years old. He's won in Supercomp. He's won in Vortex Superchargers, Top Dragster. Tricky Ricky, of course, Promon. JR Carr in uh, Mountain Motor Pro Stock. Unfortunate John DeFlorian didn't get to run. And then of course Chris Thorne, the D wagon shootout and Robbie Lowe in Pro Mod Snowmobile. he was on rails all weekend as well.
0: Yeah, he took that thing with the number one qualifier right into the winner's circle. There were a couple others that could run close to him, but nobody could they could really hang with him. It was uh, uh I thought it was cool for uh for Dylan to go out there and win in the top drag, especially, you know, beating Anthony in the final. Uh, Anthony, of course, who just won Topeka a week ago and who was, you know, one of the best to ever play this game. Winning your first event. In a particular category is one thing. Winning by beating somebody like that is even better. And I think for Brett Spear, the same way. You know, going up there, okay, you won your first conference. That's great. Who'd you beat? The reigning world champion. What? That's better. <laughs> and when you have a day like that, you know, you nobody's ever going to, well, you know, you backed into it, you just Look, I beat the guy with the number one on his window in the final round. Or for Dylan, I beat the guy who won last week in the final round. I, and I think that makes those races extra special. You know, every one of them is special. But, you know, it, if, you know if you make it to the final and beat Joe Costello, it's like, yeah, who cares? If you make the final and beat Anthony Bertozzi, it's like, you did something.
1: That's uh, a fact. That is a fact. Alan, great job. As usual, any final thoughts, or anything you want to throw on the table? Uh, someone in the chat section says that Joe Mazzaris is going to win comp eliminator at the big go. That is an early call. Got a good car. The- for the comp win, uh, I like that. Garrettson, Chris Garrettson, is calling out Jerron Settles in a time run in Super Comp. He's calling him out. But, like, what's the stakes, Garrettson? I think we can arrange a side by side run against uh, Jerron, the flying airbrush. But what kind of stakes are we talking, right? Is it like a hundred bucks? Is it a helmet paint job? Is it a flying squirrel? What is it? That's the question. Um, but any final thoughts out before we get ready for our big indie hype machine?
0: Uh, two, one, uh, Bowling Green. If you are in the Indianapolis neighborhood, it's a, what, three-hour drive down to Bowling Green, and there are going to be a lot of race cars down there. We're going to finish up the Chicago event that uh, ended up getting washed away on Sunday. If you're up in New Hampshire, they've got a big event going on at Epping this weekend. Go out and support your local racetrack, and I do believe they have got one out in Acton, Montana as well. So there's a lot of racing going on around the country. If you're not in the Indianapolis area, if there's something going on near you, do it. And one last thing, and I'm going to throw out a shameless plug for somebody else's podcast. Sorry about this. It has nothing to do with me. But Kelly Crandall, uh, who has been for a long time a NASCAR writer, NASCAR specialist, NASCAR broadcaster, she still spends a lot of time on SiriusXM NASCAR Radio, filling in and doing stuff. Started doing a podcast, and she started coming to drag races. And we have converted her. She has absolutely fallen in love with NHRA. Her latest, which is on the Racing Writers Podcast, it's a video. It's an audio only. Uh, is an hour-long conversation with Courtney Ender's, and I listened to it the other day. I've known Courtney since almost junior dragster days, and I didn't under- i didn't know some of the stuff that she's doing now, and some of the stuff that she's involved in. I think it's—I uh, think it's an hour well spent, and uh, I think for everybody out there that thinks you know, oh, well, Courtney's just out there hanging out with her sister and partying all the time. I think you'll learn, you know, One, Courtney is a really bright, really bright lady. Two, she's very driven. And three, she's got a lot of stuff, a lot of balls in the air that she keeps trying to juggle, and uh, and I just thought it was very entertaining and very interesting to listen to, and uh, and so support Kelly. She's uh, uh, we're we're going to steal one. her, we're going to steal her from NASCAR. We're going to steal. I her love season.
1: it. Well, it's part one of two, and yep. uh, there's a WFO shout out or two in that podcast as well. So definitely go check it out, and we want to make it the uh, most popular of kelly's podcast so she sees that the nhra people are behind the scenes you know what alan it's, it's very true i worked on nascar radio for several years and i i worked in that world and enjoyed uh, a lot of great things as a drag racer and um characters like if you're the person who likes characters people interesting people we have so many of them and do we have more of them i, I think we do we have more of them and more of them in our spotlight not that our racing is better, of course, just different, totally different. But we've got so many characters, man. And Courtney is definitely one of them. So everyone should go check it out. All right. And Reinhardt's one of them as well. And you've got an episode on that thing, too, don't you? Yeah,
0: I do. If you go in the archives, Kelly and I met, uh, we had communicated uh, before that, but we met at Sonoma, I want to say two years ago. uh, And just kind of, you know, we, we. Keep in touch from time to time. If I have an asked our question, I can I can take it to her, and she has uh, reached out to me a time or two for some stuff. But uh, anyway, I just think that uh, I think that Kelly does a nice job with it, and I thought that the the sit down part one with Courtney was pretty interesting. So.
1: Excellent, excellent. All, All right, right have fun there at Tony Stewart Racing, and uh, enjoy Bowling Green, and we'll see you next week before Indy. I look forward to it. All right, there he goes. The voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, joins us each week right here on WF radio all right as promised before you guys check out like reinhardt signs off everybody checks out right i want to share with you like i was busting steve's chops like hey man i don't hear the capco horn right and he goes i don't know i think they're gonna do it i had heard bobby lagana say i think we're gonna leave it in the trailer this week and he was very serious i was like what's up with bobby uh but nope I missed that horn. How about that? Steve Torrance. We were just talking about it. I don't hear the horn. Where's the horn? They were kind of, I don't want to say they had forgotten how they celebrate, but, or had forgotten how to win. That's not what it is. But Capco is back just like that. That storyline that we've been pushing all year long. Like what's up, what's up. And that's how it works. Sorry, when you're a home run hitter and you haven't hit a home run in a long time, everyone's going to ask where the home run is. And then when the home run comes back, it's like, hey, it's back. But then the question is, how long till the next one? If Capco were to go out and win the U.S. Nationals, all of a sudden a uh, you know yellow stripe will go down the back of every other team. Because how back are they? Bobby Lagana told me a couple of weeks ago out in, we were both talking New York Yankees crying towel. Like, what's wrong with our team and what's going on? And we got on to them and how, you know, you make these decisions. You're making constant decisions. For a while, you're on a run and you're making them well and you're making all the right decisions. And then you're going and making decisions and the decisions are wrong. Or they're good, but not great. Or the other guy makes better decisions. There's just so many ways to lose in drag racing. But just keep doing what we're doing and racing the way we know how to race. And it'll all work out in the end. And even if we don't win, that's that's racing. You just keep doing what you do. Kind of like Michael Jordan. You just keep shooting. You got to keep shooting. Trust yourself. You've missed nine in a row, 10 in a row, 11 in a row. You keep missing. Well, what are you going to do? Stop shooting? And then, you know, there's a, there's a sports cliche or metaphor that applies to everything. Because like what Wayne Gretzky said, right? You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So that's why you got to keep shooting and keep shooting and keep going to the line and keep making the calls and keep prepping the car and put it in the driver's hands. And you guys are championships at some point, champions at some point, point. you're going to win a championship at some point. And look, they won the race. So we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. Oh, look at this. Uh, the callouts continue. I'm calling out Jason Galvin. First round at Indy says Jaron settles. I don't know if Jason Galvin is out there. Jaron, are you going to run Bowling Green this weekend? Are you going to run that? Because Galvin is going to be out there. Galvin is going to be working on the announce team and running Supercomp in one of the Tom Bayer driving school cars. So, oh, that maybe that's Galvin saying let's go, or maybe that's uh, Chris Garrison. How about S- Jerron just totally brushing off Chris Garrison and saying, no, he doesn't want to run him. That's because a bag of squirrel food is not enough to motivate Jerron Settles, the flying airbrush. It's got to be cold, hard cash, Garrison, is what it's got to be. No Bowling Green. Some of us have to work. Oh, Jaron going to go into the big go. Just cold, right? While everybody else is getting tuned up at Bowling Green. If you like the WFO Giant logo shirt, I put the T Public link. That is our store up in the section uh, of chat, which is great. All of you on YouTube, please use the chat section as well. Not just live chat, but after it airs, because that just supercharges the viewers. Tomorrow, Ricky Smith, 12 noon. Tricky Ricky going to ask him all about that D wagon stuff made me sad. I get it, but there's a greater good and you know what they should have done. They should have planned ahead a little bit better. They shouldn't have done something last second. They should have gone to Ricky maybe in a different way. He should have maybe not been so, concerned about what difference does it make the ladder, the call out, like I'm Ricky Smith. I can win no matter what, what difference does this make? Like, why, why do I care? Doug Winters would have been his first round opponent incidentally. And Ricky, you know, he said some things about NHRA that were NHRA had genuinely nothing to do with it. And that's a big problem. Like NHRA. Had nothing to do with any of that. It's a bonus race. Those racers wanted to do it. They want to do it. Now I guess NHRA had the power to tell them no. And then Mr. D Wagon, the owner of it all, might have taken that extra $10,000 and put it away. Like, who knows? So I think there was definitely some responsibility in all directions, could have been handled better in all directions. And, and it's just unfortunate that it turned into an, a negative thing. And the D Wagon shootout, you know, who knows? Maybe Ricky would have won the deal 25K, but he won the regular race. And he said all he wants to do is win a race in his final season, and now he has. And he's only 25 points out of the lead. And Chris Thorne, who has dominated, all of a sudden, (sighs) there's a little bit of intensity now. Just a little bit. What's the side wager? Jerron settles. Helmet paint? I don't know who that is. Is that Garrison? No, it's not Garrison. Squirrels don't have any money. They live in trees. (laughs) I get it. We did a attention to the pits on Chris and will be coming out soon. Is this, is this Galvin? I don't know if that's Galvin signal. If it's you, Galvin, let's get the Jaron settles, Jason Galvin time run. What are we doing? Best package. What's happening. Like if this is happening, that it's Galvin. See, I can't see him. It's Galvin. So here we go. It's on now. Galvin hasn't signed in. So we can't see his name. It would be so much better if we did, but what's the, what's the wager guys. If you get side by side in a time run, What is it, best package? We don't need it to be be side-by-side to do best package. Best package of your first time down the track at Indy. How about it? Or you want to do second time run because you want to get dialed in a little bit. He wants a helmet painted by Jaron Settles. What does Jason Galvin have to offer of equal or greater value than that? I think the answer is nothing. I don't know. Nikki, sounds like we need a WFO NHRA call out and rental cars. Rental cars aren't what they used to be. The wager is you beat me. I get to announce your next round. Ooh, wow. Ooh. Except now NHRA isn't on that. Do they want Jaron Settles announcing the next round for uh, Jason Galvin? I think I could talk him into that. I think I could talk him into that. You're not allowed to say anything terribly disparaging about him, Jaron. So one way or another, we'll get this thing sorted out. All right. One final thought because I'm trying to get everybody excited about the show this week. We got Ricky tomorrow at noon. That'll have, uh, hopefully, everybody watching. And then Leah Pruitt, WFO Radio TV. Leah is going to be on WFO Radio TV, the YouTube channel, tomorrow at 4 p.m. She's obviously doing all kinds of media for the Dodge Power Brokers U.S. Nationals. And they have made her available for us. And I am thrilled about it, because we're going to talk to her about you know, the win, the team, the season. We got 30 minutes with her. So we're going to jump right into it with Leah. So we want you to share that show. But then as the week goes on, we're going to add more and more and more. Like maybe John Force, maybe a happy hour, maybe who knows. And then Monday, I think we've got Bob Tasca and Steve Torrance. And then Tuesday, Reinhardt. So we're uh, we're going to be busy. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the dragster adventure, frankhawley.com. If you want to drive a dragster, like celebrities like Jason Galvin and Jerron Settles and Chris Garrettson, you can go to Frank Hawley and drive for $399. That's right. Have they even raised the prices? Maybe they should. Frankhawley.com. Tell them you heard about it on WFO. Samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Start your education at full speed. Block and head and CNC programs and motorsport EFI tuning. If you call them, you want to go to the school, tell them you heard about it on WFO Radio. Marvin Rodak got a little flooded, but he's still roasting coffee, fresh per your order. You want to help out with uh, Marvin Rodak? 817-924-6821. Call Marvin, tell him you heard about it on WFO Radio. Appreciate you, Marvin. And for the couple of weeks leading into the U.S. Nationals, Torque Calibration Services of Australia is back on with us. This is Matt Clark from Down Under. Matt Clark has is a diehard drag racer, drag racing fan, works on a lot of the teams out there. Just had one of his teams set a record in the Anglia class, 208 mile per hour. They took the record from England in their own category. He was beaten on his chest. He's definitely not trying to earn business in England. But if you're down under, you listen to WFO, you need your torque wrenches uh calibrated which is very important by the way i was talking to someone just the other day and they were like yeah our torque wrenches weren't calibrated properly the so very important go to torquecalibrationservices.com. Checking services.com check it out if you want to join the patreons that's great too we had a great patreon show last night they're so trained up that they did the show without me for the first half i was traveling and they're doing a show and they're talking about the nhra broadcast and they're talking about how much they miss pro stock and uh, it was great. Patreon.com slash WFO radio. Go to our website, WFO radio.com to find out more information. Great stuff. Bernie speed shop. We got to get Josh Hart on the show before Andy. I'm going to reach out, try to make that happen today. Bernie's.com. Go to the website, hit their social media. So you can see all the great stuff they do. American classic horsepower. Phillips connect the best leaving top field dragster, like appearance wise. Justin Ashley, wheels in the air, hovering the tires, going down the track. Justin is a championship threat and a threat to win Indy. Definitely a threat. Smart trailer technology, sensors, all over those trailers. If you are in the transportation industry, you should go to phillips-connect.com. Total Seal Piston Rings, we are going to have trackside tech talks at the U.S. Nationals. So if you're a Lucas Oil racer, if you build your own engines, if you're an engine shop, an engine builder, get a ticket, come out. To the trackside tech talk and learn about ring seal and check out that new podcast with Doctor Ken Hope and you NASCAR fans are going to love it because there's a lot of secrets. Remember the tandem draft? Oh yeah, they basically unfold the layers of all the stuff that went down with uh, R and D around the tandem draft. Like, okay, this makes the cars ten mile per hour faster, but we can only stay in this position for two laps. Or our engines overheat? What do we do? And the answer was the oil. The oil. But what did they do with the oil? And how did they make it go from they could do it for two laps to they could do it for like 10 laps at Joe Gibbs Racing? Very interesting. Very informative. Guy talks about how oil is being used to make Bitcoin and blockchain. And you're wondering, like oil as a coolant, not just oil as a lubricant. This is all very vital information. All you racers out there should go check it out. It's very amazing. And then FTI performance transmissions and torque converters. Paul Lee's company and down there in Deland, Florida. Troy Williams winning races.90 racing, big money bracket racing. So many customers out there who are going to the winner circle with FTI transmissions and torque converters. And when I get my car going, I'm not only because they're a Florida company, but because they win. That's where I'm going. FTI performance .90. You can get stickers in the WFO store. Just send me a self-addressed stamp envelope. I'll send you some for free. And our WFO store is rocking. Go to the website, spend a little time, and on the YouTube channel as well. All right, final comments. And then we're out of here. Final comments. Thank you to everybody who said you enjoyed me on Fox Sports 1 Friday and Saturday. I had a blast. I had a great time working with those guys. And the TV show is so... Brian Lone's most recent NHRA insider podcast meet the producers has steve and pete from fox steve from nhra and pete from fox explaining a lot of the behind the scenes how many people travel how many people have jobs how much goes into it all the work all the effort you should all listen so you understand that it's very challenging it's not easy and i was uh, proud to be able to work with them it was good stuff and i felt like i was above the tolerance right Above the tolerance of success or failure. And I think I was above the tolerance. I got a lot of positive feedback. Enjoyed being with those guys. Let's see. Congratulations to Bruno Massel on his runner-up this past weekend. Blake, I don't, you know, yes, but no. I don't think Bruno gets excited by runners-up. Everyone wants the flying airbrush. Yeah, Jerron, everybody wants the, the deal. Okay. Calvin says deal. So are we good with that? I need you both to confirm in the chat section. We'll work on the details. But it's a painted helmet versus announcing Galvin's next run. I think you're losing on that one, Jerron. Just saying. Great show today. Great show. What time, Ricky, tomorrow? 12 noon, approximately. 12 noon. Ricky. Great show, everybody liking on YouTube. He's right, guys. I hate to beg for that, but not this live one. When the show posts on actual YouTube that is when if you all go like it and share it it goes crazy because of that algorithm great show today looking forward to shows ahead indie baby hey hey maddie f1 have foam tunes yeah tubes their legs are inside of. Them. well exactly and i think that f1 is a great place to look for safety stuff and i think we've successfully defeated the Safety stuff is too expensive, so we shouldn't do an argument that used to exist years ago. I think we've defeated that. I was looking at Brittany Force's Top field Dragster, just staring at the padding and the how beautiful it was. Like, great work. A lot of that design, a lot of that styles. Emulating Formula One or similar to Formula One. We got to keep our racers safe, guys. Got to keep them safe. Britt's out there. She's one of the Patreons. Britt went five rounds this past weekend out there in Cali. Great job, Britt, carrying the WFO sticker. You missed the show, Ricky. Oh, man, it was great. We had Force and Snake, everybody. You missed it. Sorry, Ricky. Get that car ready, Ricky. So what do we got going? Well, I can tell you the WFO store's got all kinds of great stuff. You can check that out. There's Britt's car cutlass this is what's coming indy is coming game of thrones style like winter is coming indy is coming guys it's coming it's this here it is it's upon us and we're gonna have some interesting drivers hoping on this one definitely getting this one super excited about leah did you see this on the fox show I snatched this photo. I was going to talk to Reinhardt about it. The best visual for explaining deep staging that we've had. They, they put this graphic together, speaking of the Fox show, and you can see the difference between a shallow stage and a deep stage in a way that makes sense. The track is actually shorter. Whoever did that on the Fox show, good job. That was good. That's what we got to do. Baby steps, baby. Baby steps. NHR needs to put WFO on the ads. Yeah, I would love to. You guys are my advertisements, guys. You guys. Grassroots. Push it out there. Tell your friends. Race parties. U.S. Nationals. Next weekend. Be ready. In the meantime, WFO will see you tomorrow with Tricky Ricky. 12 noon.